very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. And we are, as a people, inherently and historically opposed to secret societies, to secret oaths, and to secret proceedings. questions you always had, the answers you were never given, the place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. to everyone around the world, and a warm welcome to another edition of Veritas at VeritasRadio.com. I'm your host, Mel Bambergas, and I sincerely thank you for joining me once again. And if this is your first time, or your truth journey brought you here, welcome home. And to listen to tonight's full interview, just go to VeritasRadio.com and subscribe. Give yourself the gift of truth. Speaking of another gift, have you listened to Sanitas yet? We provide the first segment right on our website, veritasradio.com, or if you prefer, just go to sanitasradio.com and listen there. You can listen to the first segment, and I know a lot of Veritas listeners are also subscribing there. And to you, I say thank you. I hope that Sanitas is also making a difference in your life. According to tonight's special guest, Malibu is an epicenter of evil. From his words, quote, I, Robert Merrill Stanley, am currently of sound mind and body and have no intentions of taking my life. This rather dramatic declaration regarding my mental and emotional state is directly due to the extremely dangerous nature of my current journalistic project, an expose of the genocide, murders, mind control, and multiple suicides that have occurred in my hometown of Malibu, California, unquote. Formerly a corporate journalist for Honda Research and Development in Torrance, California, Robert M. Stanley is currently the editor of Unicus Magazine and the author of Covert Encounters in Washington, D.C. and Close Encounters on Capitol Hill. He has passionately researched UFOs for over 30 years. In that time, he has interviewed dozens of eyewitnesses and leading experts. His ongoing investigation of UFOs has been featured on international television and radio and in print. Mr. Stanley is a native of Los Angeles. He spent 20 years growing up in Malibu, California, before moving to the South Bay. He has traveled to over 50 countries in search of answers to ancient mysteries. His website, unicusmagazine.com, which is also linked at ours. And directly from somewhere in the Far East, I'm not sure if I can tell his location. I'll let him tell me if he can't tell his location or not. I'm privileged to welcome my friend and researcher, Robert M. Stanley, back to Veritas. Hello, Robert, and welcome back. Wow, Mel, uh, no, thank you for that very kind introduction. <laughs> can I can I say where you are? Is that something that you keep in private? No, it's it's fine. I'm in Hong Kong. Excellent. Well, the, the sound quality of the show is great. Hopefully, we won't have any archons get in the middle of a connection today. <laughs> right. That's exactly what we're going to be talking about. Well, a few weeks ago, Robert, you approached me 
for, for multiple reasons, but one of them being that Malibu is an epicenter of evil, you say. Now, can you explain what you mean by that? <clears throat> yes, and it's actually very unfortunate that I have to even bring up this topic, but uh, since no one else is doing it, uh, I guess it falls on my shoulders. Um, much like that investigation in Washington, D.C., anyone could have done it, but nobody wanted to, so I ended up with that. But um, it, it sounds so dramatic, you know. I mean, most people think Malibu is just a playground for the rich and famous, but it's it has a very dark history. And I know this from personal experience, but also from literally decades of research. Uh, and it <clears throat> it's not a, a very pleasant story, but people need to know. The reason being is that um, I don't want anyone else to get hurt or killed there needlessly. Uh, I, like I know things happen to people, but the the number of suicides and murders in my hometown of Malibu is staggering. And um, uh, I, I knew quite a few of these people prior to starting my investigation here in 2015. And it's, it's really weird, Mel. I got to tell you, I'm 7,000 miles away on the other side of the Pacific. And for some reason, I started to do an investigation of Malibu in the very same manner that I had done with Washington, D.C. I'm not sure what the trigger was uh, to, that co would compel me to do this. But um, in years previous, I'd been writing about it as fiction because I didn't think anybody would believe me. And uh, now I know, well, I, I'm really glad I didn't uh, because this is a very serious topic. And as I say, um, I, I feel that people need to protect themselves or at least be aware of the problem so that they can, um, well, yeah, protect themselves on, on some level. You know, for some reason, I don't know why I just made a connection here with the work of David Polites and the missing 411 work that he has so, you know, his stellar work about all the people that are missing all the time from national mm -hmm. parks in the U.S. and Canada, and now he's, he's, he's uh, you know, going around the world with this. But this is, this is Santa Monica, as you say, Many people associate Santa Monica, I mean, I'm sorry, Malibu, as, yes. as, as the, the playground of the rich and famous. When you think of, 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 of you know, Beverly Hills, you, th you see people going to, to Malibu all the time. And you don't expect this, this paranormal activity, if we can call it, to be appearing in such a, uh, quote unquote, an important place. But I remember a few months ago, somebody emailed me a picture of a Google map showing what seems to be a dome or an anomaly in the ocean off the mm -hmm. coast of Malibu. And I remember I used to fly out of the Malibu airport. I used to fly out of, of uh, John Wayne Airport when I used to be a private pilot. And, you know, never it would occur to me that some anomalies would be happening there. Now, mm. that, that, that alleged UFO, or can we call it USO, submersible objects, in that area, how do you come to that conclusion? Well, I mean, because I've seen them, but I mean, it's it's sort of part of the historical background of what we're going to discuss here is that a lot of people have seen UFOs above and below the water in Malibu and the and the surrounding area. And it was in 2009 when I was using Google Maps is when I first found that anomaly. I called it a platform. 
And I sent it to, I pinned it on Google uh, map. And I actually sent that to a couple friends of mine in 2014, Jimmy church and some of his colleagues saw that, uh, uh on their own. And they, uh, reported that it was a, a UFO base. Um, I'm not sure why they said that, but having had very many close encounters at that same location, I didn't argue the point with them. It's just that, um, I was a little upset that they took my article about UFOs in Malibu and literally plagiarized it for their press release. And so I, you know, for one reason or another, I contacted them or they contacted me and we kind of worked it out. Um, but the thing is that the reason I was looking in that area under the water is because just inland, there are ancient ruins there that I discovered in 1985. And they look like giant megalithic statues. Um, there's some walls there. There's other artifacts that I've acquired over the years. And that was all part of the, the puzzle that I've been trying to put together uh, for at least, well, 30 years now. Um, actually, we're coming up on the 30-year anniversary of, of uh, how this all started, okay? And I've told this story many times, but I've actually – one of the reasons I, I, I wrote – recently wrote that article, Epicenter of Evil, is because um, what happened on September 21st, 1985, when I actually saw what the Gnostics call archons, uh, I was saving a boy's life where I worked as a security guard on the beach in Malibu. And uh, during that process, I had like, a, what do you call, a, a, a altered state of consciousness uh, because of this. I was in a state of shock. So were the, the people in the house. I mean, it was explain, very, explain the story of the the child with the yeah. scar on his forehead. Yeah. Yeah. That was okay. So I was just, it was just, it seemed like a very beautiful, normal day at the beach, but, uh, uh, I, I met this boy. Well, I briefly I just walked by him, but I just saw that there was this boy playing in the sand at a house where I, I was familiar with them. I, I knew the owners really well. And the, the thing about those houses, a lot of times people would just be guests or, or renting. And so uh, it didn't, you know, it didn't seem abnormal that this boy was there and by himself. And uh, uh, I noticed that he had a scar on his forehead, which seemed very odd. You know, I mean, it was, it was so deep and I thought, geez, yeah, that God, whatever he did to do that, that must've hurt really bad. So anyway, uh, um, I went back to where I was stationed as a security guard. And, uh, a few minutes later, I heard the most horrific sound and it was the boy had gone upstairs into the house and, uh, was playing there momentarily. Then he got up and he ran across the room and, and literally ran straight into the uh, sliding glass door and broke it with his face and uh cut his his head face wide open um i immediately rushed over there and um uh it may sound like a small thing but i called the paramedics uh because the grandparents were in such a state of shock they weren't reacting quickly enough and the boy was bleeding to death so um uh the you know it, it while i was waiting for the paramedics to show up uh i was speaking with this his grandmother. And I, I was, like I said, I was in a, an altered state because I was uh, so much adrenaline. There was blood everywhere, glass broken. 
And um, uh, as I was speaking to her, not only did I have a, somehow I had a, a realization that the boy was hearing voices. I didn't even know what schizophrenia or possession was at that time. I mean, that wasn't even, uh, I was 25 years old. I, I, I hadn't been studying that stuff. Uh, but in any case, as I was talking to this, the, the boy's grandmother, that's when I realized that he was this, you know, he thought he could fly, or at least the voices were telling him that he could fly. And, um, at that or, or moment move through a glass door. Well, I no, because one of the things she told, I, I asked her, I said, look, I, I know this is none of my business, but, uh, I, I noticed that your grandson had already had this huge scar on his forehead. What was that? A, how, how did that happen? And she said, well, the last year, meaning the previous year, he was playing with a, a cat in his father's pickup truck in the, in the bed of the truck and the cat jumped out. And then he jumped out after the cat literally head first jumped out of the pickup truck and hit his head on the, on the trailer hitch. I could see that very clearly in my mind that he thought, he, you know, he was, I, I kind of had visions of that when I was a kid too. I never followed up on it, but I, you know, you know, in your dreams, you can fly sometimes. Yeah. Uh, all right. So when you're a kid, you know, sometimes you don't know the difference, but this was really serious. This was very serious, literally life-threatening. And, um, oh, cause she had told me, she said, I'm glad. Well, yeah, here's what it was. She said, I'm glad the door was shut. I'm like, what? And she said, uh, if the, um, yes, if the door wasn't shut, I think he would have jumped over the railing. I was like, what? <laughs> uh, that, so it was, uh, my mind was racing. Okay. And she was telling, giving me clues. And that's where I came to that awareness that he was, he was hearing voices that told him he could fly. That's why he was doing these, these things. But in reality, it was all about, they were just tricking him into doing this uh, so that he would harm himself. And of course, for, you know, absolutely terrorize his parents and grandparents. And um, uh, what I've learned subsequently is that, that these, these entities, these parasites, they, they literally feed off of the negative energy that's emitted by humans through our DNA when, when we're traumatized. So, um, but as I was having, like I said, at the moment when I was having this awareness in the house there, I actually saw these things, that, uh, these parasites in the, in the room floating up near the ceiling and it, and Honestly, I thought I was like uh, hallucinating uh, because it was, I was in shock. I sort of figured, well, that can't be there. I, I don't know what that is, but it, you know, it can't be real. And I only saw it, them for, it's sort of like, I, I, I it's like they, uh, they were there and then they just vanished. But I, I really think they were there the whole time. It's just that I somehow momentarily saw into their dimension or their realm so you're saying that this this child was the source of pain and suffering because of of the the actions that he was being pushed to do therefore yes. the grandparents were suffering because of what was happening yes yes extreme it was to the extreme now i mean these people were in just and i felt terrible for them i didn't even know who these people were but the point is they're as they're fellow human beings, and I could I could empathize with what what was happening there, which was just horrible, horrible. And um, uh, fortunately, you know, the, the paramedics came and took them away. There, there isn't you should understand too. There there isn't any hospitals in Malibu, 
So they, they had to transport them. That's a, that's always a really tricky issue. Sometimes they have to medevac people out in helicopters when it's a really, really tragic situation uh, in order to get them medical attention uh, quickly enough. But anyway, that particular day um, afterward that I, I felt uh, um, horrible. I mean, and I, at first I thought, well, it's just because that was, you know, that's, it's traumatic. And I was, I was just like stressed out, but uh, it wouldn't go away. And then I, I started thinking about uh, those things that I saw, you know, and and I thought, God, if those things are real, uh, I could have literally pissed them off. Sort of like a, you know, like you don't smack a hornet's nest. Uh, and I, in a way, I think that's what I did. I interrupted what they were doing. And, um, more importantly, I saw them and, uh, they, they started, they were, I felt like they were attacked. I was under attack. And the analogy I, I used, it was in my solar plexus. It was, it it wasn't just a stomach ache. Okay. This, there was something bizarre going on. Like I'd never felt before. And, um, it's, I guess the best analogy I use is like, you know, when you have water in a sink and you pull the plug. And you watch it drain out. That's what it felt like, except it was draining out of my um, my solar plexus. The, there was the energy coming out of me that I just couldn't I couldn't account for it. And I, I started getting worried. Like I like I, I was thinking that these things are going to literally drain all the life out of me. And um, can you describe I them? Can you describe? Them yeah, you yeah, saw? yeah. To yeah, yeah. To me, well, I've. I've found some pictures of them in 2011 when I wrote the first article. But anyway, yeah, at the time they looked like ticks to me because that's what the only thing I could relate it to. I mean, uh, they didn't have legs or anything. They just had the shape of, like like I said, my first reaction was, that, oh my God, those look like parasites, you know? Uh, uh, but they're, they actually look more like amoeba, but larger. And, um, as I say, Trevor Constable took pictures of them inadvertently using infrared film back in the California desert, actually, uh, back in the fifties, he called them critters. He didn't know what they were. Um, but, um, yeah, it, so I didn't know what they were either. Right. But I just knew that I was under attack and, uh, from something I couldn't even see, which was, uh, well, strange to say the least. So, uh. Anyway, what happened was it was the equinox and I ended up going up on a mountain that night and um, uh, meditating or praying, me- meditating, I guess you'd call it, uh, be more accurate. And in in a way that I'd never done before and or since, actually, uh, I needed help and I didn't know who to turn to or what to do. I, so at that point, I was just running on pure instinct and um uh, I ended up spending the entire night uh, unprepared. I spent the entire night on the, on a mountaintop. Um, and uh, at one point I got tired and I laid down on these cement slabs. Uh, it was an old military radar installation there from leftover from the Cold War. And um, I laid down on the cement and almost immediately I just floated right out of my body. I had an out-of-body experience, but it was so weird because I was utterly 100% awake, you know, um, and I was, but the, the, where I was, was very unusual. It was just, it was all light. Everything, everything was light and I felt safe there. And, uh, until I saw some motion 
of something in the distance and that got my attention. And Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.